Hello, friends. Welcome to Trivia Over Tea, the quiz show podcast where we drink tea and play trivia. I'm your host, Matthew Cook, and I'm here virtually once again with our scorekeeper, Carter Zanke. Carter, how are you this morning? Just happy to be here and ready to keep score, Matthew. Perfect. Um, I hope that we will avoid some of the question issues that we had in our previous episode. Um, I, I always record for those um, who are listening or watching out there, I always record the audience question, which goes in the audio version after the fact. And so hopefully I will address some of the issues that came up um, in some of the questions during that before round two. So stay tuned for that. But at any rate, we'll, we'll, try, to, we'll try to do better today. So uh, let's meet this week's contestants. First, we have another Matthew. Hi there, I'm Matthew Ludlum. Um, I, most people just call me Matt, so that's not going to be confusing enough. Let's just, let's just go with that. Um, for today, I will be drinking a lovely vanilla peach black tea. It is full-bodied. I'm getting some floral scents as long with just the, the aroma of rich, full earth. So, you know, we're just going to, we're just going to enjoy it. Perfect. Well, thank you, Matt, for being here this morning. We also have Ari. Hey guys, I'm Ari. Um, I'm drinking a Texas sweet tea because let's go Texas. <laughs> And I'm primarily here for comic relief, as far as I understand it. Well, uh, in, in fact, that is why I brought you on the show, was for comic relief. Um, so, good job, knowing your place. Uh, at any rate, we'll have four, four rounds of questions today, each with a slightly different format. And so, without further ado, Carter will explain the rules for round one. Yes, round one is our first general knowledge round, where you'll each get five multiple questions. Questions here worth 10 points each. All righty, Matt, you're up first. Are you ready? Absolutely not, but let's go. Okay. Question one. Allie Raceman took home silver in the all-around event of what sport at the 2016 Olympics? A, track, B, gymnastics, or C, swimming? I do not believe it was swimming. If I remember, if I remember right, I, I thought it was track and field. I'm going to say A. Uh, it was actually gymnastics. Um, <sighs> I guess the closest thing to an all-around event in track and field would be like the pentathlon. Right. That's what I was, I was thinking because I was yeah. like, I don't remember her being compared to uh, Simone Biles or anyone else. Like, I don't remember Simone Biles being compared against her or anything mm -hmm. else. So I was like, I think it must be A. Well, in fact, it was gymnastics. Um, and mm -hmm. uh, in fact, the person who took home the gold was her teammate, Simone Biles. So there you go. Question two. Bleach, the common household item, is it... A, basic, B, acidic, or C, neutral? That would be basic. That's correct. The pH of bleach is between 11 and 13. Okay, Question, three. Teach me one thing. <laughs> Question three. Which Andrew Lloyd Webber musical features songs such as Memory? A, Evita, B, Cats, or C, The Phantom of the Opera? Memory. I, wow. I feel like an idiot here because I really thought that was Cats, but now that you, I, I, yeah. Well, Cats is I, one of the options. I, we, no, I, I, I know, I know, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's just, it's just, when you put it between two other options, it feels so less, so less realistic. Um, I, I'm going to guess Cats still. Well, that's correct. Okay. Um, the, don't overthink it. <laughs> uh, the original production earned the Olivier Award on the West End for Best New Musical in 1981, and uh, the Broadway production 
1983 won the Tony Award for Best Musical. Yeah. And fun fact, the movie was terrible. Uh, yes, I fortunately <laughs> have not seen it. Um, and I, I, I have no intention of seeing it, in fact. Uh, question four. Which NFL team has the most all-time regular season wins? Mm. A, the Dallas Cowboys, B, the Chicago Bears, or C, the Green Bay Packers? I feel like this can't be the Bears, but it's got to be between the Cowboys and the Packers. And I think the Packers have had a better long-term history. So, oh, Sorry, Ari, I, I appreciate you're from Texas, but I'm going to have to talk smack about the Cowboys for a minute and say that I think it has to be the Packers because they've always been very consistent, consistent, mediocre the last few years, but pretty consistent overall. I'm going to say the Packers. Believe it or not, it was actually the Bears. Um, what? Yeah. And the I, Bears I think, didn't suck? Well, I, I think they won Super Bowls in the 80s. I mean, well before okay, the okay, time. Okay. Um, but uh, if you think about it, the Bears and the Packers were two of the like original teams in the NFL in yeah. 1928, maybe earlier than that, 1921. I don't remember yeah. the exact year. Um, but uh, they're apparently pretty neck and neck uh the Chicago mm -hmm. Bears have 783 regular season wins. The Packers are at 782. So very, uh -huh. very, very close. Um, the Cowboys just haven't been ar around as long. Right. Um, and so they're at 538, apparently. So there you go. Question five. Of the 45 men who have served as president of the United States, how many have no living descendants? A, 31, B, 16, or C, 9? I'm pretty sure this is not a, because I can imagine as family trees branch out. I know this sounds a little obvious, but as family trees branch out, it's, it's pretty hard to to lose the the lineage at some point. Though I, what was B again? B was sixteen. It's gonna sound weird. I feel like sixteen is the most reasonable, the most reasonable option because thirty-one feels too high, but nine feels too low considering that there were some presidents who didn't have children so i am going to stick with b on 16. it was actually c nine it's actually um, nine okay yeah uh george washington james madison okay. andrew jackson james k polk and james buchanan never had any children um all of franklin pierce's and william mckinley's children died young so that's seven yeah and then abraham lincoln's great-grandson was his last living descendant and he died in 1985 um, and then Chester Arthur's last grandson died in 1971. And so that is nine. Um, and then fun fact, while Warren G. Harding had no children with his wife, he fathered <laughs> a child out of wedlock whose descendants are still alive. So, I'm surprised there was just one. Um, we just keep underrating James Buchanan. <laughs> like top five president right there. <laughs> well, I, I think that depends on what your metric is. Um, <laughs> We won't rank him in the top five on this uh, podcast. Um, at any rate, um, Ari, are you ready? Uh, no, but let's go anyway. Okay. Question one. What is the deepest lake in the United States? A, Lake Superior, B, the Great Bear Lake, or C, Crater Lake? I mean, just going off the names, Crater Lake sounds right, but I'm going to guess and say it's Lake Superior because I know that's the largest and there might be some correlation there. It was actually Crater Lake. Uh, lo located in Oregon, Crater Lake is the deepest in the country with a maximum depth of 1,943 feet. Um, the Great Bear Lake is actually in Canada. 
uh, as my question writer points out, um, Lake Superior is though very deep. I know it's the deepest of the Great Lakes. Question so two. It's going to be deeper than uh, what I'm usually swimming at. So <laughs> that's true. No, you're not usually swimming at 1,943 feet. I usually I'm around the six foot guy. So <laughs> <laughs> it's your local swimming pool. Yeah. Um, question two. Which of the following is not true of the Houston Astrodome? A, it was the first stadium to have an animated scoreboard. B, it was the first stadium to sell alcoholic beverages. Or C, it was the first stadium to use artificial turf on its field. Which of these is not true? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, the animated scoreboard isn't true. Uh, just entirely guessing that one, though. Uh, no, it was the first stadium to have an animated scoreboard. The one that wasn't correct um, was the was that it was the first stadium to sell alcoholic beverages. Um, the Astrodome, besides being the first domed stadium in the U.S. and the first to have an animated scoreboard, also pioneered the use of turf. And this is where the term AstroTurf comes from. Question three. In 2010, the Conservative Party won the UK general election that saw David Cameron succeed whom as prime minister? A, Gordon Brown, B, Tony Blair, or C, John Major? I'm pretty sure this is Gordon Brown. That's correct. The election ended 13 consecutive years of Labour Party control of the government with Blair, um, who served was prime minister from 1997 to 2007, and Gordon Brown, who was 2007 to 2010. Question four. Which of the following is the largest source of electricity in the United States? A, coal, B, nuclear power, or C, natural gas? Um, natural gas, unless we're doing something extremely wrong or extremely right. Uh, it is natural gas, yes. Um, as of 2020, around 40% of the US's electricity comes from natural gas. And finally, question five. The pataca is the official currency of what city that was transferred from Portugal to China in 1999? A, Macau, B, Hong Kong, or C, Goa? I'm pretty sure this is Macau. That is correct, yes. All righty, that's the end of round one. So Carter, can you please give us a score update? We have Matt at 20 and Ari at 30. Before we get to our weekly audience question, as promised, I will talk about a few questions that were a little troublesome last week. So we'll start with the one about the center of mass in the solar system and where all the objects revolve around. And uh, the answer that we were looking for was the Berry Center. And from what I can tell from a NASA website, and I just want to state that I am not an astronomer and science is most definitely my weakest subject. Um, but this particular um, website, um, spaceplace.nasa.gov, says that planets and stars actually orbit around their common center of mass, which is called the Berry Center. And the Berry Center can move is a dynamic point that can move, or, or that is in di at a different spot depending on which planet you're talking about. And so the Berry Center between the Sun and the Earth, for example, is in a different spot than the Berry Center between the Sun and Jupiter, because it's all about where the center of the mass is. So Barry Center is the most correct answer of those, of the three options that were in that particular question. Next was the question about volcanism, and I think if you're looking for a good explanation, just listen to Phoebe's response to the answer. I think that explains it far better than 
whatever I could come up with. So we'll just let Phoebe's words stand on that one. And the other question was about greenhouse gases. And uh, the answer to the question of what greenhouse gas is most abundant in the, in the atmosphere, it is, in fact, water vapor. Um, according to the American Chemical Society, water vapor probably accounts for about 60% of the Earth's greenhouse warming effect, but it does not control the Earth's temperature. And what it sounds like to me is that as Earth's temperature has gone up as a result of man-made chemicals being emitted into the atmosphere, the amount of water vapor increases because the air is warmer and warmer air holds more moisture. And that creates a positive feedback loop and so the amount of water vapor in the in the air is increasing as the temperature is increasing and so water vapor is in fact the most abundant greenhouse gas in the atmosphere so there you go alrighty and now to get to the audience question so last week we asked you what actor voiced Darth Vader in the original Star Wars trilogy and that, of course, is James Earl Jones. And uh, we need to thank Bill Parker Combs, who wrote in to give us the correct answer. So we're looping in the entire Parker Combs family into the show. So thank you, Mr. Parker Combs. And now for this week's question, we'll ask Irving Berlin, whose birthday is May 11th. He composed the music for what 1946 musical about a sharpshooter who appeared in Buffalo Bill's Wild West? A traveling show. So have a think about that. Send me your answer and I'll announce the correct answer next week. Alrighty, and now it is time for round two. So Carter, can you please explain the rules? Yes, in round two, you will get five open-ended questions on the same topic and questions here are worth 20 points each. If you get one wrong, your opponent can answer for 10 points. Alrighty, uh, this round two is inspired by an article that I read in the New York Times uh, last week. Um, on April 26th, uh, that was the 200th birthday of Frederick Law Olmsted, who was a uh, big-time landscape architect in the 19th century and was responsible for laying out a lot of very famous parks and universities and such across the United States. So I'm going to give you each five questions about the life and works of Frederick Law Olmsted. So, oh, that, that Frederick Law Olmsted. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, are you ready, Matt? No, at all. Okay. Question one. Olmsted's first project with his partner, Calvert Vaux, was what large park in Manhattan? Is that going to be Central Park? That is correct. It encompasses 843 acres in the Upper West and Upper East Sides of Manhattan. Question two. Opened in 1885, Olmsted designed what New York park recognized as the oldest state park in the country? which overlooks one of the state's most famous geographic features. Okay, so 85, one of the state's most notable. So I would assume this is referring, I don't want us to say too much and help Ari out if he's, he's going to steal this. I think I, the problem is I know the location, I just can't remember the name of the park. Um, so I'm going to... Just, just, just in advance, just because I don't want to, I don't want to just give this one to Ari. I'm just going to say Apple Park. I know there's no such place. I just, I don't want to give Ari the name and, and or any more information and try to springboard for him. I think you've overthought it a little bit, um, but um, Ari, uh, do you want? Do you know? 
I was going to guess Niagara Falls State Park. That is correct. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, three waterfalls make up Niagara Falls. Uh, American Falls, Bridal Veil Falls. Uh, American Falls and Bridal Veil Falls are located entirely within the state of New York. And Horseshoe Falls, the largest of the three, is 90% within the Canadian province of Ontario and 10% in New York. Question three. In 1886, Olmsted was hired to design the physical campus for what university located in Palo Alto, California? Palo Alto, 86. I'm just having a mind blank. Um, with this, this isn't, I don't know. It's, it's I mean, it is Northern California. So like, who cares about what goes on up there? <laughs> it's, it's all fake news anyway. Yeah. I'm just, okay. So this was 86. So I don't think that could have been Berkeley. I'm thinking it's, 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 not, it's obviously not San Francisco. I'm going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to guess Berkeley. Not Berkeley. Uh, Ari? Is it Stanford? It's Stanford, yeah. Uh, his design is known for its expansiveness. The original inner and outer quad buildings at Stanford comprise 17 acres of land. Question four. Olmsted served as the landscape architect for what estate located in Asheville, North Carolina? What estate, Asheville, North Carolina? Um, I have no idea on this one. I'm, I'm just <laughs> drawing a blank. Ari, do you know? Um, no, but I can guess um, with absolutely no, a lot of confidence and absolutely no chance of getting it right. I'm going to guess the Greensboro estate because I know uh, that's a city in North Carolina. That is a city in North Carolina. Um, that's not the correct answer. Uh, this is the Biltmore estate. Um, it was built for George Washington Vanderbilt II between 1889 and 1895, and it remains the largest privately owned house in the United States. And finally, question five. In 1876, Olmsted designed a park for Mount Royal, a prominent geographic feature of what Canadian city? Mount Royal, would that be... Oh, sure, that's not Toronto. So I'm, I'm just, I'm going to guess Montreal, but I'm not confident. It is? Correct, yes. Okay. It is Montreal. Unfortunately, Montreal experienced a depression in the mid-1870s, and much of Olmsted's plan for the park was abandoned. However, it is still one of his best-known parks. Alrighty, Ari, are you ready for your five questions about the life and works of Frederick Law Olmsted? Oh yeah, my boy Freddie and I go way back. Perfect. <laughs> Question one. Among Olmsted's other parks was Prospect Park in what other New York City borough? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say... Uh, Brooklyn? That's correct. Oh, wow. It is, it is the Great. second, yeah. It is the second largest park in Brooklyn behind Marine Park. Fair enough. Question two. Olmsted Point is a viewing area located in what California National Park? Um, wow, it'd be really good to remember some California National Park other than Joshua Tree right now. <laughs> Considering I can't do that, I'm going to go ahead and say Joshua Tree. Uh, it's not Joshua Tree. Matt? It wouldn't be a uh, Yellowstone, would it? Not no, Yellowstone. Wrong. wrong. Um, Yosemite. Yosemite, my dude. <laughs> Yosemite National Park. Um, it overlooks the north side of Half Dome and Clouds Rest. Question three. Olmsted's home and office was Fairfield, located in the town of Brookline, a suburb of what northeastern city? Um, considering he was involved in New York um, landscaping, I'm guessing that's 
an easy answer to throw me off, but I'm going to go with that anyway. You're going to say New York? Yeah. Uh, it was actually Boston. Oh, shoot. Uh, well, Matt, did, did I was, I, I was going to guess Boston, but it's fine. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. We'll, we'll give you the points. We'll, we'll give you the points. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. My bad. Uh, gosh, I haven't done that in a while. Um, <laughs> no. it, it was, in fact, Boston. Uh, it is now designated the Frederick Law Olmsted National Historic Site there in Brookline, Massachusetts. Question four. In 1865, Olmsted had been asked to draw up a plan for the campus of what other university located just 30 miles from Stanford. Oh, wow. Um, in other university in Northern California. Uh, I'm assuming this one's going to be Berkeley? But... Yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. perfect. Um, his plan wasn't fully implemented by the university, but some of it uh, does remain intact today. And finally, question five. In Washington, D.C., Olmsted designed the grounds around what building located at the eastern end of the National Mall? Um, is that just the Lincoln Memorial? Not the Lincoln Memorial, uh, Matt. The grounds for a building at the end of the National Mall. Yeah, just, the east, the eastern end. The eastern. Okay, I was gonna, I was gonna say western end. I feel like that's a, it's a very different building. Um, <laughs> eastern end of the National Mall. It's not National. It's, it's it has to be past, has to be past aerospace. I just. I can't visualize that last building. I know it's not. I know it's not Capitol Hill because that's the other side. I'm just going to say Capitol Hill though because I, I cannot think of the. I just can't visualize the other side. What, what's what, I asked for a building? I, I um, just say the building. Just just aerospace museum. My bad. No, no, it's it's the Capitol. It, it's, oh wait, it's just the Capitol. It's just the Capitol. Yeah. Um, the yeah the capital is located at the east end of the mall the lincoln memorial is the west end of the mall yeah yeah um yeah it's the u.s capitol building he also designed the summer house located at the north end of the capitol grounds that used to function as a place where visitors and their horses could relax and get some water we really thriving today yeah, yeah. so it's early it's early let's just let's just let's just say that it's, it's, it's early it is early yeah that is true uh well that's the end of round uh two so carter can you please give us a score update Looks like we have Matt at 80 and Ari at 90. Alrighty, now it is time for round three. So Carter, can you please tell us the rules? Round three is a lot like round two. You will get five questions on different topics this time and questions are worth 30 points each. If you go in wrong, your opponent can answer for 15 points. Alrighty, Matt, are you ready for your five questions? Let's do it. Okay, question one. What interstate highway goes over the Sepulveda Pass that connects the San Fernando Valley to LA's west side? That's not the 90 for sure. Um, the 90 is, I think, a lot more south than that. Um, it's not 605 Sepulveda to San Fernando Valley. Um, is that the 105? 105. Uh, Ari, you know? Um, I'm going to just say 210. Uh, no, this is the 405. <laughs> yeah. About 330,000 cars traverse the Sepulveda Pass every day. Yeah. Question two. What is the name of the book of the Bible that pros uh, proselytizes about the end of the world, casting an ap apocalyptic vision of the four horsemen, the rapture, and the second coming of Jesus? 
you knew I grew up in an evangelical church. Uh, that would be the book of Revelations. That's correct. Um, it is the last of the 66 books of the Bible. It's an interesting read. Yes. Uh, question three. Which university has the largest endowment in the United States? Largest endowment? Um, my gut says Harvard, but... I... Maybe you should stop overthinking some questions. I'm just, I'm just going to say Harvard. <laughs> That's correct. Um, its endowment is $53 billion. Okay. Question four. In polymer chemistry, what does PEG stand for? Wow. Uh, polymer chemistry, PEG. So, sorry, it's taking a second. I'm just trying to think. This isn't, I'm, I'm just drawing a blank. Okay. Ari, do you know? I'm going to string together three chemistry words and guess a uh, propyl ethyl glutenate. Um, no, that's a good guess, I suppose. Um, I don't know anything about this. Uh, this is polyethylene glycol. Um, okay. And uh, PEG has been used for many me uh, medicinal applications, uh, most notably in the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines for COVID-19. Fair enough. And finally, question five. On May 11th, 1812, Prime Minister Spencer Percival was assassinated in the lobby of what lower house of the British Parliament? House of Commons? That's correct. He was assassinated by John Bellingham, a British merchant who was upset at the government for not compensating him for his imprisonment in Russia during the previous decade. Percival remains the only British Prime Minister to be assassinated. Ari, are you ready for your five questions? Um, yeah, as long as the punishment isn't being imprisoned in Russia. Uh, I, I think we can make that happen. Um, yeah. Uh, question one, what interstate highway connects Dallas, Austin, and San Antonio? The I-35? That's correct. Uh, it runs about 504 miles in Texas. Question two, on May 11th, 1891, what future and last Tsar of Russia survived an assassination attempt while visiting Japan? Um, Tsar Nicholas III? Not Nicholas III, Matt. Wait, the last Tsar of Russia? Yeah. The you, last... said, you, you said Nicholas III, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought I thought the last Tsar of Russia was actually Nicholas II, because his Nicholas son never II. his son was Nicholas III, but he never became Tsar because you know he died. Um his son was Alexei. No, Alexei. Yeah. Uh, uh no, it was Nicholas II. Yeah, not Nicholas III. Um, known as the Otsu incident, Tsarevich Nicholas was attacked by Tsuda Zanso, who swung a saber at him. He swung again, but his attack was parried by Nicholas's cousin, Prince George of Greece and Denmark, thus saving Nicholas's life. He was left with a nine centimeter scar on his forehead. Question three. In late 2012, a bug tester leaked a beta version of what popular browser extension to Reddit, where it quickly went viral? Uh, Google Chrome? Not Chrome. Uh, Matt? Internet Explorer? Um, no. This uh, this is honey, honey, according to my brother. Yeah, that was an amazing question. No, it's, it's, it's a good question. Yeah. Um, question four: What chemical causes the burning taste in chilies? Um, I have absolutely no idea on this. So, okay, Matt, you know that would be capsaicin. That's correct, capsaicin. Uh, this chemical is technically an irritant, which means that it produces a burning sensation. And finally, question five. In April 2022, Robert Golob and the Freedom Movement defeated Prime Minister Yanis Yansa and the SDS 
in the elections of what small Balkan country? Um, Croatia? Not Croatia. Matt? I, I, I want to say Hungary. Uh, no, this was actually Serbia. It's Serbia, okay. Yeah, and I hope I pronounced all those names correctly. Um, un, unsure about that. Uh, so, yeah. Hey, no well, one's talking to you with a saber, so you'll be fine. That, yeah, that's true. I'll have to watch out. <laughs> uh that's the end of round three yes round three <clears throat> so carter can you please give us a score update we currently have matt at 200 and ari at 120. all righty now it is time for round four so carter can you please tell us the rules yes, round four is our showdown where you'll each get the same three questions questions here are worth 40 points each and we'll ask you to make note of your answers as we ask the questions all righty matt ari are we ready um yes i am there here we go question one what spanish surrealist painter's best known work is the persistence of memory all righty matt what is your answer that would be picasso ari that's also what i got and have you seen my phone screen at this point? <laughs> uh, I cannot, but uh, I'll trust you. Um, but it, in fact, it is Salvador Dali. Um, it has been in the Museum of Modern Arts collection since 1934. And it, it's uh, remembered for its melting clocks. Uh, question two. What federal agency owns the most land? Or I should say manages the most land. Okay, Matt, what is your answer? Uh, national Parks. Ari? I got Department of the Interior. Um, this is the uh, Bureau of Land Management. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to, because that, and which I believe is a subsidiary of the, <clears throat> excuse me, of the Department of the Interior. Yeah. Um, but I, I think since we asked for agency, I think that's smaller than Department of Interior, I think. Just, just, just throw it out there. If there's only, this is the last round, right? Yeah. If I would give it to Ari, because I think he's way more right than I was, because I was thinking of National Parks Committee. And that way, in the final round, we can have an actual showdown. That's true. I want to win on my grounds. Yeah, it's, it, was a, it was a little vague. So yeah, why don't, why don't we give you the point? Sorry. Um, yeah, so it was, but uh, the Bureau of Land Management uh, within the Department of the Interior um, I need to check to make sure that's in the Department of the Interior. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, it owns uh, 250 million acres. Uh, and uh, second place is the Forest Service at 190 million. Um, National Park Service is at 80 million. Forest Service is actually Department of Agriculture. So let me let me just check to see where the Bureau of Land Management. Fair enough. I was going off the logic that the U.S. has a lot of interior. So I might be wrong. No, that's fair. It's, okay. <laughs> um Land, Bureau of Land Management is Department of the Interior. Yes. Okay. So we'll we'll give you the points for that. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, National National Park Service um, is fourth at eighty million acres, um, yeah. and they are also Interior Forest Service is Agriculture. Yeah. And finally, question three: In eighteen sixty four, the French overthrew the government of what Latin American country and installed Maximilian as its emperor? All right. Matt, what is your answer? Mexico. Ari? Yeah. Yep, Mexico. That is correct. Yes. Well, that's the end of the game. So, Carter, can you please tell us the final score? 
Our final score is Matt with 240 points and Ari with 200 points. Well, congratulations, Matt. You have won. Do you have anything that you would like to say? Yes, um, I'd like to thank the Academy. Uh, it's been it's been a wonderful experience. Um, and if watching me struggle through trying to remember the name of the Capitol building wasn't fun enough, uh, I hope you stick around for more of Matt's podcast because this is a lot of fun and very entertaining. Um, that being said, thank you so much for having me, Matt. And back to you. Well, that was beautiful. Uh, that's our show for this week, folks. Uh, thank you, Matt and Ari, for being on the show today, as well as Carter Zanke for being our scorekeeper and Mason Cook for composing the music. Today's questions were written by Caitlin Fick, Tanner Tim, Lucas Hauser, Matthew Hauser, Matthew Brown, Mason Cook, and yours truly. And thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe to Trivia Over Tea on your preferred podcast platform and leave us a review if you enjoyed it. Check out our Facebook and Instagram pages at Trivia Over Tea and feel free to message us on any of these platforms if you have any comments or suggestions regarding the show. And tune in next week when we'll have two new contestants and 33 more fantastic questions. Thank you. We'll see you 